Hey guys, what's up? Denise Salcedo here, and I'm super, super stoked because with me right now is Rocky Romero. Rocky, thank you so much for being here today. Pleasure to be here. Funny because we first met at X-Pac Winter 360, and I was so excited when you were coming in. I remember the first thing I told you was that I loved the Rapungi song, and I ended up telling my boyfriend about that. He was like, you're so embarrassing for telling him that. And I was like, no, he thought it was funny. We're friends now. No, I appreciate it. I mean, anybody who likes that song, like, that, that's something that's special to me, and it's an important piece of my art, and uh, I'm glad when people really say that they like it or they jam out to it before shows or something. That's, like, special. Exactly. It was funny because when I first found out that you actually changed the song, but I hadn't heard the, the new song yet, I was like, no, he changed my song. I was so mad. And then I heard the new one, and I was like, damn it, he did it again. <laughs> well, that makes me happy because I, I get that a lot from uh, a lot of different people. They say, you know, yeah, they're like, you know, Rapungi Vice is such a classic song, you know, and then now, you know, Rapungi 3K, they're like, I didn't like it at first, but now I, like, love it. You did it again, you know, so yeah. I, it is cool to hear that, yeah. So now I want to talk about a little bit about your recent transition, I guess you can say, in New Japan. You know, you kind of went from being a full-time active wrestler to now you're sort of like, a, you know, you're still obviously wrestling, but you're doing a more of a manager, announcer, commentator type of role. Tell me what that, what led to that transition. Um, I think it's just, uh, I don't really, you know, I don't really, I don't really know. It, ju it just kind of just happened, kind of developed. Um, obviously our, our roster is expanding and, you know, there's more and more wrestlers that are coming in. So, uh, you know, there's other work to be done and especially as we grow and we, uh, you know, we move forward into, uh, the United States and internationally, there's some roles that could be filled with, uh, talent that we have already, on our roster, you know, like my, like myself, you know, uh, Chucky e. T recently did um, color commentary. He was great. You know, he has a background with PWG doing it. So it's just kind of like I think now we're we're at a time where like WWE, where certain wrestlers started to fill other roles, not just wrestling and outside, you know, outside of it too. So I think we're starting to see that now too. Wearing multiple hats. Exactly. Did you have any experience prior to being for commentating experience? Zero. <laughs> Were you nervous going into that? So nervous. The first time, I mean, I did it the first time, uh, I want to say three years ago, three G1s ago, um, with Kevin Kelly and Steve Carino. So I had it like really easy. I was with two professionals who were doing it, you know, they, they've been done it a million times. So I just kind of came in and I said a couple words here and there. So I kind of slowly grew into it. And then this last G1, I think, was kind of like my breakthrough. Uh, with Kevin Kelly and you know I finally I finally found my groove and kind of where I fit in and like what I, you know, not what I'm supposed to say but just how I'm supposed to say it and, and be natural about it instead of like trying to be something that I'm not you know so I just uh, I just put my own little twist on it and Kevin Kelly's like the greatest teacher of all time and he kind of just leads me through it and I just go yeah yes no yeah you know this move hurts this move doesn't <laughs> so it's like yeah it, it's cool it's it's been a, an awesome experience and the feedback from all the fans during the G1 was so amazing. I can only imagine. And not only that, like, you know, you're being able to watch all of these great matches, like one after the other after the other. And obviously, you know, you're in the business and all, but you also have to kind of sort of like mark out as a fan seeing all of this. Every night is a mark out session. <laughs> one thousand percent. I mean, uh, we I truly believe uh, that New Japan Pro Wrestling has the best in-ring product in the world, bar none. So just watching that and like talking about it and being passionate about it because I was a fan of New Japan Pro Wrestling before I got into New Japan. They were the reason, you know, why I wanted to to wrestle professionally, especially I never really was interested in WWE 
Um, like as a wrestler, I was like, Oh, I want to, you know, cut my teeth in Japan. I want to work in Japan. And I thought it was going to end up in like ECW or something, but, uh, new Japan was, you know, it's my place. So it just, I'm passionate about it. I love it. I love the wrestling. I love the wrestlers. Uh, I love the product. So cool. So now I want to ask you another question. Now that New Japan has announced that Don Callis is back, are you still going to be a part of the commentating team, like as a three-man booth, or are you just going to be filling in when he can't do certain shows? Uh, probably a, a little bit of both. Uh, I'll probably fill in when he's uh, not available. Obviously, he's he's uh, very busy with Impact and his role there. But uh, I'll f I'll also be probably from time to time from time to time as a third man. That's super cool. So now. You just mentioned that, you know, you've been a huge New Japan fan your entire life. And obviously, you know, I don't have to ask you why, because the talent, the talent and the matches are so amazing. But one of the recent criticisms that New Japan has been getting is that certain fans, like on the Twitter wrestling world, they think that it's too, that it's too dangerous to do the Japanese style. So I want to know, what is your thoughts on that, considering that you've been wrestling in Japan for over a decade now, right? I think... Uh I think what you're seeing is just, you know, certain times of the year or certain special matches. And the thing is, is uh, it's not as dangerous as you think it is. You know, a lot of people, um, you're not in the ring. You don't really understand exactly. But these are like, what makes them special is they're the highest skill of wrestling in that, in that kind of uh, style. You know what I'm saying? There's nobody who can do it better. Probably if like some guys on the indies or other guys in other companies would should try that, they'd probably hurt themselves. So they're the top of the top. They're really good at what they do, especially somebody like Anishi or Minoru Suzuki. You're going, oh my God, they shouldn't be doing that. They shouldn't be doing that. I've been in the ring with both of those guys. It's not what you think, you know? So, so uh, it hurts, you know, but yeah. it's, it's, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to take away from what they do, but um, you know, I, I think that, I think a WWE schedule is a bit is a bit rougher on the body because you're doing singles matches every night for you know or multiple times a night especially if you're a top guy like a John Cena or like an AJ Styles where he's got to do you know a main event dark match in a cage or something that's a lot more like risk I think uh, as opposed to us where we do a lot of tag team matches and multi multi man matches like for probably the whole tour and then we're just doing you know the guys are doing like one singles match at the end of the tour so for 30 days you're only doing one singles match so i think that that's where um people are a bit confused about how it works and everything but uh i feel like hey we're doing these multi-matches to save your body so that you can just do the one and then go back to rest you know so it's really only like 12 singles matches a year minus the g1 obviously I think it's the fact that people are like, oh, my God, you know, the style, they're so fast, they're so hard-hitting. And then you go and you watch, you know, the counterpart with WWE and their, you know, slower-paced matches sort of thing. So I think people definitely kind of miss the point in that. Right, but, I mean, WWE, there are also, like, a lot of stunts that people do, you know, off cages and through tables and yada, yada, yada. So, I, um, I, I mean, I, I, that's just my personal opinion. Uh, you know, obviously, I'm going to be... Uh, you know, yeah. I'm going to disagree. I'm going to be pro. But, uh, but I, I think that, um, it, you know, it, it, people have a bit of a mis misconception, but I'm glad that they feel that way and they're saying that because that means we're doing our jobs right. No, I got to tell you, man, every single time I watch New Japan or I go to one of the shows, I'm just like, stop it. My heart can't handle all of this, like, awesomeness, you know? I think it's super cool. Like, at Fighting Spirit Unleashed, like, I was just, like, freaking out. 
each and every single time. It was a very fun experience. But now switching gears, obviously. So the last show that you guys did here was the Fighting Spirit Unleashed here in Long Beach. And now coming up on November 10th and 11th, correct, is the Cara Expo at the Anaheim Convention Center. Can you tell us a little bit about what's going on with the Lions Break Project for that event? The Lions Break Project is uh, is kind of a shoot off of, uh, or offshoot, I should say, of uh, the Lions Gate uh, Project, which is in the in. Japan so this is the US version of it so Lionsgate is like the young lions basic kind of like league so they can like show themselves off you know they don't really have the opportunity always to wrestle against like a talent who's above them in like singles match so like you would see uh you know Yuji Nagata versus Shota Umino or something like that and, and now we're trying to start that and get that going here as kind of a a different kind of brand and and we have a place for our young lions who are in Los Angeles who are training, uh, are training with Shibata uh, to give them an opportunity to shine and get more experience. It was interesting because, you know, Shibata is obviously doing the main portion here at the Alley Dojo. I was wondering, you know, I thought that you would be a great fit for that role. Was there any sort of reason or was there ever any talks of you being in that position here for the Alley Dojo? I mean, I'm really so busy in Japan. It's like crazy. I, I don't think I could handle uh, another thing on my schedule right now. Like I said, before we got into the interview, I was in Japan for like 30 days. So I'm home for like 10. I'm back for another 30. So really, there's no time for me to train the guys and be involved in that. I mean, but they have the best like wrestling coach of all time in, in Katsuyori Shibata. I mean, he is what strong style is. And uh, he's obviously now he has the future of strong style within his hands and here in America, which is really cool. That's really cool. And now I got to ask you, so now, obviously, are there going to be any plans to hold any more regular events using the guys from the LA Dojo here, sort of like what you guys do in Japan with the Young Lions? Yes. So this will be the beginning. This is Lions Break uh, Project 1. So uh, it'll be a a series definitely throughout uh, the rest of, you know, next couple of years or so we'll be running them I don't know how often yet that'll be uh, you know up to management but um you know that will also be running other New Japan Pro Wrestling shows like completely branded shows like you know Fighting Spirit Unleashed and you know Strong Style Evolved so uh there's some big stuff that is coming in 2019 some really big really big projects that I'm kind of heard of so I'm excited for it it's going to be really big it's going to be very big Super cool. So now speaking of that, I want to know how key or how important is this Alley Dojo here for in terms of the expansion into the United States for New Japan, you know, compared obviously to what is already going on, what they've already established in Japan? Well, I think that this would be the core of the project in a way. Obviously, it won't uh, show right now in the next year or two, but we have to think like five, six, seven years from now. When we had the original LA Dojo back in 2002, look at the talent that came out of there. Myself, Samoa Joe, uh, Brian Danielson was a part of it, uh, Finn Balor, Carl Anderson, Alex Kozlov. Those are the guys that came out of there and look what they accomplished in the professional wrestling world and, and look what they contributed. So I think we'll see in five years or six years this next group, this first group, obviously in five years what they'll contribute and, you know, to, to both sides, whether it be in the U.S. as well as in Japan. You know, we might have the next, you know, Finn Balor on our hands. You know, we don't know. Kenny Omega, we don't know. Exactly. 
Exactly. You never know if you're never going to, if you don't give the guys a try, you'll never know. So now, you know, with that being said, you know, you have the LA guys and you're there doing their first Lions Break project. But now I want to know, how do they go, you know, the LA guys in specifically? Because we already know from the for the Japanese dojo, we already know how they get eventually to the top, to the top positions to become a top guy in New Japan. But for the guys coming out of LA, how does that work? Are you guys going to have them do the LA dojo and then do the shows or have them do the LA dojo and then go to Japan? Or is there any sort of difference where they even have to do that? Well, I think right now is kind of, it's all kind of up in the air in a way. I, I think there, the, you know, there is a plan. I think Shibata has a lot to do with how that plan uh, is executed. Uh, but right now, I, it's for them to train under Shibata, really learn what uh, you know New Japan strong style is, and uh, f- eventually, I'm sure that they'll they'll make it in in the uh, Japanese dojo and then train there, as, you know, as well to learn. I think more of the customs of Japan, you know, and, and to really understand what it's like to be in the dojo and a part of that system. Uh, I think it'll be helpful, uh, just because you can you can't really recreate it completely here, but you can give them you know, enough of it so that they understand it a little bit, but then they actually have to be in the system. So I think eventually they'll make it there. So what would you say is the major difference in terms of training with through New Japan here in L.A. and then training in Japan? Well, I think the wrestling training is going to be equal or maybe even better, to be honest. I think think, Shibata is a hell of a trainer. Um, But I think that just the etiquette and the customs will only be able to truly happen once they actually go to Japan. I think full, to fully understand that. So now, how do how do they feel like in terms of like this is like you know new, like a new renovation? Like yeah, you guys had the dojo in LA and now you guys have it again. How does everybody in New Japan feel about this like new up and coming talent and you know coming in sort of a different route? You know, I think that everybody's very excited about the whole project. Uh, I think in two thousand two. When New Japan first did it, it was very political. It was very different. It was uh, Antonio Inoki's dojo, basically, and he kind of pushed it on New Japan. It was very expensive. And really, New Japan didn't have the footing outside of Japan, so it didn't really have, it couldn't really support it, you know. But now we have, uh, obviously, these shows and other, you know, other ways that we're growing, and now we have the financial support to actually do it. So um, I think everybody... From what I've heard, you know, Okada and Tanahashi, they're very pro uh, this dojo and obviously pro the dojo because Shibata's running it, you know, and it gives Shibata something to do who's just a fantastic talent. You know, obviously since his injury, you know, he hasn't been able to uh, perform, but he's able to give back in another way. Exactly. It's almost like the the full circle is coming through and, you know, this is the perfect timing for them to do it. Like maybe it wasn't the perfect timing then, but it definitely is now. So now switching gears, one of the things that I want to talk to you about is Rapunky 3K. I want to know what has it been like to be sort of a mentor to Show and Yo? Um, it's been it's been fun. It's been very fun. It, it, it's interesting. It's a learning experience for me, uh, I think, definitely because I'm dealing with you know, I'm usually I'm used to like dealing with myself and then like my partner. So, but now I'm dealing with you know, I have two partners now that I have to deal with and worry about, and then I also have to let them kind of do their thing. You know, so I can't fully say like, oh, this is what we got to do, we have to do, and then you, they're just expected to do it. It's like, no, this is my idea. What do you guys think? You know, like I have to be able to kind of let them grow too, especially in the last year. And I think that they've done pretty well. Uh, so I kind of, I, you know, when the whole thing started, I think they just kind of lacked um, 
kind of the focus or the or the vision of of what they were supposed to do. You know, they went to uh, ROH as the Tempura Boys, not so successful. They didn't really have the matches that they probably should have. So you know, it was all on the line. With basically when you know the the idea came down that okay, well, why don't we all you know start a group and be together? So it's like okay. Well, I came up with the vision. I came up with the, you know, the silver and the gold and the name and then the music and blah, yada, yada, yada. So then it was up to them to kind of fill in the rest. You know, there's a lot of in-betweens, all that kind of stuff. So uh, we didn't know what it was at first, but, you know, now I think that they've they've really started to put their own personalities into it and kind of, you know, and always the wrestling is up to them, you know, so it's kind of cool. So now, do you see them moving up to the heavyweight division, or do you like do you see them still doing like eventually becoming like still a tag team, but then also doing some sort of single stuff? I think that it's more probable for them to do a little bit of single stuff um, in the future. Say you know, especially what happens you know in, in the junior heavyweight division. Um, but eventually, I would love to see them move up to a heavyweight in you know. I think in the right amount of time, maybe two or three more years. You know, we there's still a lot that they haven't done in the junior heavyweight division, so I'd like to see them, you know, do some cool stuff. Yeah, and I'm always, you know, I always like seeing tag teams last for, a, like, you know, a good amount of time before they get separated and start doing their own thing. Like, granted, you know, we'll see them shine and do their own stuff, but I think it is fun to see them do what they're doing together right now. It's crazy that it's only been a year since they debuted. It, it feels like forever because it was, uh, I, I don't know, maybe because I, I was with them and it just felt familiar, you know, even though it was completely different from Rapungi Vice, it was just, it felt familiar. But if they've only been around a year. It's like, everybody's like, I feel like a little rushing, like, oh my gosh, you know, I want, but I think it's just the excitement of they want to see them do more, yeah. you know, so I, I you know. Still plenty to do in the, in the junior tag division, still plenty to do in the junior heavyweight division, but eventually they will move to the heavyweight division. Like, let them breathe. Give them a moment. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let them enjoy what they have right now. Yeah, let them accomplish some stuff, you know. You know. Two-time champions, you know, two-time uh, super junior tag league champions. So, I mean, you know, we're getting there. Yeah, and it must be cool for you because you got to see this whole process of them, like, you know, coming, becoming something, you know. Like, you're like, they're my babies in a way. I don't know. It was so stressful the first, the, like, that first night in Ryugoku. Uh, I, I talked to them the night before, we, you know, we all have a text group and I was like, how are you guys doing? They're like, so nervous. And the next day at the show is like, how are you guys doing? They're like, even more nervous. I'm like, I'm nervous too. I don't really get nervous anymore. So I was like, but it was just a lot of pressure because not only for them, I mean, this is their first time back in New Japan in two years, but they had to, you know, they had to show up, you know, they could completely fail and flop and then, you know, who knows what'll happen. Uh, but on my end too, it was like, here, I, you know, like, I came up with all this stuff, and I hope it works. I hope the people like it, you know, and thank God it was a home run. The second that they came through, you know, all the smoke and the people realized it was showing yo, the reaction is one of the greatest reactions I've ever heard inside a ring. And, you know, it's probably most one of the, my most important, you know, and most uh, important moments of my life, you know. So it was cool, yeah. It was all worth it. You know, I've always wondered that, like, how do you wrestlers that have been wrestling for such a long time like yourself do you guys still get nervous because I feel like that's just something that I can't imagine going away but I mean when you're experienced how does that work I think everybody's different some people still get nervous no matter if it's a big show or a small show they're just always nervous uh myself I just get nervous for when it's kind of like singles and it's all on me and I don't have any other partners to like depend on 
that's when I get really nervous. But um, other than that, I'm, I'm fine. Do you do? Everybody's got their like pre, you know, ritual before the match kind of thing. And do you have a pre-ritual? Um, it involves stretching, kind of just thinking about and focusing what about what I'm about to do. Um, but there's not really a lot of nerves. It's just kind of like just do my thing. Yeah, there's not like there's not much to it. I will tell you this. I know uh, Okada has an interesting one on big matches. What is it? Yeah, big matches, he always gets uh, a bowl of Yoshinoya, beef bowl. Yoshinoya? Yoshinoya, like the one Yoshinoya that we have here? That's the one. What? Uh, just a beef bowl and he just, like, how long, how, how long before his match does he eat it? Like, how much time before? Maybe, like, an hour before the event starts. He'll eat, like, a bowl. But, he, you know, he's got, like, three or four hours before he goes on. So he'll eat, like, a bowl of Yoshinoya. That's, like, his thing. I hope I'm not ruining it for him. <laughs> Does he do this every show, every match? Every big big match, whenever he has like a big wow. singles match, yeah. That's so crazy. You'd never know. It's always like the most random things. Like when you hear about celebrities, oh, I only want red Skittles or whatever, you know? Well, it's not like that. I mean, I think he likes the ritual of like him yeah. going and buying the bowl. Like if he could always send somebody, he likes to go. I don't know. It's like his thing. I think it's a calming thing. That's so yeah. interesting. Right. I think it's a calming thing. You know, like I said, I'm pretty boring. I don't even listen to music before the match. I probably should. I've heard that that's supposed to increase like your, uh, like your focus and everything. Yeah, your focus. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I just kind of like like to joke around until the last seconds I'm supposed to go out. Yeah. And you're like, damn, it's my turn. Go. Let's see if I remember That's everything. Stress. You don't have to like think yeah, about it. Yeah. You know, it's just like you just, then you're just, you're just doing, you know. That's so cool. So now I got to ask you, so I'm about to pull out the rumor card here. So basically uh, there was a rumor going around in 2016 that WWE was interested in you as a wrestler or even as a trainer for the performance center. Is there any truth to that rumor? Yeah, I, I, I went down to um, NXT and I, I stayed there for about a week and I did a guest coach spot and there was a lot of interest in, in me coming along, you know, for the ride, you know, full time. It would have been a, a big step. It would have been a different uh, course in my life because I would have be going, you know, I would be wrestling, but they, you know, they definitely wanted me to be a coach. So that would have been like a, a crazy change. And I don't think I was really ready for that. Um, and plus, New Japan was doing so well and I'm glad I didn't make that that jump because I definitely wouldn't be here now I wouldn't have show and yo I wouldn't have all the opportunities to be a part of uh you know the expansion that we were doing and I feel like that's more important and that's where I was kind of needed so I feel like I kind of was pushed to the right you know course you know you eventually shifted that way in terms of doing that, but in a sort of a different way and more later of a time sort of deal. Right. And I think, uh, you know, it was on my terms, too. You know, I didn't have to uh, leave my home here in Los Angeles. I, I, I was I'm busy and I'm doing things, but I'm still wrestling. And like I wrestle on, all, you know, all the tours. I just don't wrestle really on the big shows because Sho and Yo is, usually, you know, they're in the focus more than I am. But um I just, I'd rather do it that way. And I kind of like being a part of the team that's kind of the underdog in the fight. You know, yeah. I want, like, I want to have something to fight for. I want to be uh, a part of it. And, and like, I've spent, what, like 14 years in Japan. The, you know, all those guys are my family, my extended family. And, you know, and New Japan is my home. 
fallen in love with the product you've been there you're a new japan guy you know and that was your dream from the first place that's why when you mentioned it earlier that you had no interest in wwe from a start that your interest was new japan i was like oh that is so cool you know because you don't you don't really hear that especially because you know it's only been so recent that you know there's been this huge boom in wrestling or that people have been able to make money outside of being in wwe and now you know you see people like the bucks kenny omega who are doing you know and making money and they're not in wwe WWE. Chris Jericho. There you go. <laughs> there you go. The, I mean, the list can really go on and on to tell you the truth. Speaking of interesting stuff to come for Wrestle Kingdom, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Kenny Omega. I just can't believe that, you know, we're going to be able to see this. So now tell me a little bit about, you know, both Hiroshi and Kenny have had, you know, a sort of, they've had opinions about each other. They've had opinions about each other's, you know, style. I want to know where you sort of stand in their I guess you can say, I don't know, stand in between them or what your wrestling philosophy is when it comes to what they're both saying. I'm not getting involved in that. <laughs> no, uh, um, that's my initial. That's what I really want to say. But, uh, you know, it's hard to say who's really right. You know, obviously Tanahashi's right in the fact that what he does works for him. But Kenny Omega is also right and what he does works for him. So it's hard to really say. I mean, wrestling is such an art, and it's so kind of, uh, you know, open to whatever you want to make of it and whatever you want to do with it. As long as people are enjoying it and you're enjoying it, then what does it really matter? Either way, I am curious to see what happens, of course. I'm curious to see what type of, uh, you know, wrestling match it is, who will get their way, you know, kind of way, and, and dictate how the match goes and how it's paced. Um, I'm curious to see, obviously, who's going to win. Obviously, you know, will Kenny Omega stay? Will he not stay? Will he win the title? Or will he keep the title? Will he lose the title? I mean, there's so many questions that are on everybody's mind, but we won't find out until January 4th. Do you think that it will be better than Kenny Okada? I think that'll be very different than Kenny and Okada because Kenny Okada is such a different wrestler than Tanahashi. They're just completely different. You know, I think, like, I think... You know, Kenny would be, like, if you wanted to put it in, like, 1990s WWF, it, you know, Kenny's Shawn Michaels and Okada's kind of Bret Hart. And then Tanahashi, I don't know. He's kind of somewhere in the middle in a way, you know. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. I don't know. It, it'll be a complete – I think it's going to be an awesome match. I think it's just going to be very different from that. That's super cool. Now, Rocky, I want to thank you, first of all, for doing this interview with me. I feel like we've touched on so many topics, and we can really, really go on and on about the landscape of wrestling and everything that's happening right now. But before we go, I'm going to put you on the spot here, and I'm going to make you play a game with me. So <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry. I'm not going to quiz you or anything like that or make you dress up in funny costumes or anything. Um, what we're going to do, we're going to do 10 questions. You just answer them as fast as you can or whatever. And so I guess like rapid fire. I don't know. There's probably a name to this, but I just say 10 questions, answer fast. Number one, what do you miss most from home when you're in Japan? My dog. Favorite Japanese dish? Yakiniku. What is that? It's like a Korean barbecue, Japanese barbecue. Oh. Like the Japanese version of Korean barbecue. Favorite tag team partner? Ooh, uh, hard to say, but I'll go with Beretta. Best way to spend your long flights to and from Japan or from wherever? Ooh, uh, making beats on my computer. Were you ever slapped by Antonio Inoki? No, actually. Somehow I was not slapped by Antonio Inoki. No. Question six. Has any wrestler asked you to do their entrance music? 
Yes. Uh, Mark Jindrak, Mark Coglione, we, we wrote a song and we, we did it as his entrance music. And um, a couple of people have asked, but, uh, you know, th there's only so much time to really do it. I and mean, it takes hours. You know? Question seven. Craziest story of wrestling in Mexico. Craziest story of wrestling in Mexico. Oh, my gosh. Uh, one time the cartel came to the arena and was like trying to hold up the promoter and then we're all freaked out that maybe he would take it to they would might take a wrestler or something it was pretty wild you know but everybody was safe thank god a uh, question eight favorite artist or song that you like to work out to um a favorite artist uh you know what i kind of like to work out to my own music <laughs> <laughs> question nine traveling pet peeve all airports, all airplanes, all trains, all cars, all boats. Last question, question number 10. Did you and Beretta really eat McGriddles from, Jap from the Japanese McDonald's? Yes, true story. Were they good? They were awesome at whatever, 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. whenever we were eating. <laughs> so Rocky, before you go, social media, where can people check you out on Pro Wrestling Tees? Anything you want to plug in? Rocky Romero on Pro Wrestling Tees, at Azuka Rock, A-Z-U-C-A-R-R-O-C on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, and check out ChicoElluchador.com. Thank you so much, Rocky. RockyRomeroMerch.com. I should plug that too. That's where you can find my all the links down in the description box guys so you can find all of that stuff get the merch follow rocky you guys know the drill thank you thank you first of all rocky for being here and thank you guys so much for watching as always don't forget to give this video a like leave a comment let me know what you guys thought of this interview and do not forget to subscribe to the channel until next time we'll see you guys later bye